Hello, this is Cave to the Cross Apologetics. I'm Tony. And I'm Patrick. And uh, we're continuing once again with our good friend Jason Lyle on Keeping Faith in the Age of Reason. We're about uh, halfway through, and uh, we're on the chapter called Cause and Effect. And so uh, this one is dealing with supposed uh, contradictions that uh, you have an initial cause and uh, the, the effect that happens as a result of that cause seems to change. And um, there are a lot of good um, uh, answers here. Uh, a lot of them tend to deal with more th theological-based ones, mm -hmm. which aren't bad because uh, these are probably questions that you'll get in just normal conversation. For example, how can I be saved is, yeah. is one of their. Yeah. Um, uh, by faith or, or by work. Yeah, right? I mean, that, that's, that's the biggest one. And, yeah. and so we won't be covering those because uh, uh, Dr. Lyle does a really good job with covering uh, different verses for that. So um, we're not going to add too much to that because he does a really spectacular job. And also, um, we don't want to uh, uh, encourage you with the way that we might present it, um, but uh, we'll still uh, have a gospel message in the ones that we're going to answer. So this one's just going to be probably a, a, just a part one, uh, and uh, the other ones we've kind of broken up into two. Uh, so uh, cause and effect, we'll just have this, uh, this one uh, uh, episode. Yeah, yeah, and he, he points out here that with regard to cause, causation, causality, and that sort of thing, obviously most of the time there are many causes and so the folks yeah. who claim that there's contradictions then try to you know uh, back us up in a corner kind of and say well is this the cause or is this the cause because the bible is saying that this is the cause on one at one instance and then over here it's saying that this is the cause mm -hmm. and so you know that's kind of usually what's called a false dilemma right yeah. where you say either a or b is the case and of course you know it could be both it could be uh, C, right? Something mm -hmm. different, that sort of thing. And so he calls that, as as you recall, I think we talked about this, the bifurcation fallacy. Uh, that's a big one, yeah. Yeah. And the other one is <laughs> that he uses, he calls it the cause, the false cause fallacy. And sometimes uh, logicians and philosophers, this is similar to what they call the post hoc uh, fallacy, where just because this comes before this doesn't mean that this caused that. That mm -hmm. kind of thing. So those are the types of things that he wants us to see with regard to this particular chapter and cause and effect. Yeah. And I think, too, uh, how many world events do we see or how many just events in general uh, can we point to a single cause? And that's rarely the case. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you talk about, um, uh, you know, a, a war occurring. So, um uh, the the start of World War Two was caused by, what? you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was invasion of Poland, you right. know, all kinds of yeah. what what did it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So it, it, is it was it the alliance agreements or was it a single assassination? Or <laughs> uh, so to to say that things have a single cause uh, is is would be incorrect. Uh, so when when people want to kind of try and back you into this corner. Um, uh, you can always give examples from everyday experience mm -hmm. and say, you know, why does it have to be this or this? Now, if the text does say, you know, this is the only reason, obviously, uh, we want to take a look at that uh, closer. But um, we can draw a lot of parallels to our everyday life with answering questions like this. So um, one of the good things that Lyle's done, especially in, in, in a previous book where we talked about um, dealing with objections, uh, especially from a, 
a presuppositional standpoint is you don't always have to provide an answer right away. Sometimes you ask the other person to provide an answer and explanation. Mm-hmm. And so th- this is one of the good ways that you can say, well, let's take a look at an example from our life and say, you know, wh- why can't there be two causes here? Now let's turn that inward and, and look at what the, the objection is that people have to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. So this first one here. Yeah, number 139, uh, 143 is also similar, but we're going to deal mostly with 139, is the the age-old question that uh, even um, our brother James in the book of James deals with, was Abraham justified by faith or by works? By right, faith so, or by works? Yeah, so the idea is what caused Abraham to be justified, right? That's mm-hmm. the question. Was the causal agent his his works or was the causal agent faith, right? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so there are two passages that he points out here, right? Romans four two, and then also James two twenty one, and obviously we're not reading the entirety of Romans four or also James two, but that would be uh, appropriate to do uh, 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 with a number of these. But uh, Romans four two says, "For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God." So there, it's trying to say that. Abraham was justified not by works, but by faith. James 2.21, however, says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? So So which is it? Was he justified by faith? Appears to be two. Or or was he justified by works, right? That's kind of the Mm -hmm. the issue here. Seems like the Bible is saying, you know, he's justified by faith in one instance and he's justified by works in another place. And so... Uh, a contradiction, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what are we dealing with here? Well, the the Romans passage uh, the, to 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 get into Romans four, uh, we we need to realize that when we say Romans four, we come to uh, an understanding, an approach to the Bible where these things have been broken up for us. So, there's no Romans four. In the original, uh, uh, Paul didn't go through and say this is mm-hmm. chapter four, and so in chapter four you're almost smack dab in the middle of probably one of the most heavily theological based argumentation uh, up until really what chapter twelve where mm-hmm. he says therefore mm-hmm. and therefore covers the eleven previous <laughs> chapters. Um, so uh, there is a, a clear gospel presentation where uh, Paul makes the case that we are clearly not justified by works but by faith Mm -hmm. because if we were justified by our works there's something that we can boast about Um, there's something that we can laud over people Um, when we make our way to heaven uh, and and God tells us you know you know asks us what why why we should be let in uh, we can say well you know Christ made it possible but I was very sensitive to your calling and so I was uh, uh, acted out on on my um, spidey sense of <laughs> of salvation, and so I'm really the main cause of of why I'm saved. But that's clearly from Ephesians two to Romans to Galatians to all the the, the complete works of of the New Testament. It's clear that uh, faith is a gift given by grace by God, and there's nothing that we can do to earn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, so the works then doesn't work because mm-hmm. for, in terms of getting a salvation right yeah yeah and Lyle points out I it seems rightly so that you know you asked the question was Abraham <laughs> justified by faith or works and you say yes mm-hmm. right because you know that he it was both right so the issue though is what do you mean by justified right, right? and so what he says here you know I think it's helpful for us here he says Abraham was justified both <clears throat> by faith and works because notice to justify means either to be in right moral standing that is, you know, before God, or to show that one is morally in right standing, that is, before people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, so, so who is Abraham, your audience? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's your audience? <clears throat> Abraham was justified by faith alone before God, right? His faith, his trust in God that God would accomplish what he said he would do is what Paul is referring to, that uh, justified that made him right before God, his his faith, right? So before God, he was justified by faith, right? God sees our hearts; He knows what 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 you know how what what's going on in there, and so He justified Abraham's but no uh, faith by uh, justified justified Abraham by faith, but Abraham was also justified. Notice before men. How do we know justified was uh, Abraham was justified was acting rightly? Well, because we see his works, right? Mm-hmm. So before God, he was justified by faith. God justified him based on his faith. That is then worked out and acted out in such a way that now we, by means of Abraham's works, can see that he is justified. Mm-hmm. He's justified. So before men, he's justified by works. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is the entire point of James 2. And so... Again, to to break down James, you almost have to go back to the middle of chapter 1. But in chapter 2, it talks about, especially in verse 14, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? So what is he doing? He's he's talking about two types of faith. Mm. He's talking about a faith that uh, produces good works, and then there's a faith which doesn't produce good works. And who is it before? It's before men. That's what chapter two is about. Mm-hmm. Is about, uh, you know, um, even the demons believe, but obviously their belief doesn't save them. So, what what is it that? And therefore, that their belief doesn't produce works. Good works, right? Yeah, good yeah, works yeah. that would allow us to say, "Oh, yes, they're justified." Mm-hmm. Clearly, they're not. Yeah. Right? So, so reading James two and and um, th- this this James two is always thrown out by. Uh, Roman Catholics especially or um, um, skeptics who want to pit James against Paul especially to say well James was written early um, James seems to be kind of a, 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 a proto um, uh, before the gospels proto gospel mm-hmm. book uh, letter and so it seems like oh Paul then comes about with his version of Christianity so he seems to uh, the 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 questions with skeptics tends to try and create this war against, and they'll they'll sometimes throw in even uh, Martin Luther, who, uh, d- d- depending on which version of Martin Luther you read, uh, at one point in his life didn't like the Book of James, um, but to, to to read it slowly in context within the whole um, um, uh, collection of God's Word, uh, we see exactly what James is talking about and. And the entire book of James is about the work of 
salvation out in the church mm. before and people. in the individual lives, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So Abraham was declared right. That's the literal idea of justification, right? He was declared right by God for his trusting God's promises, mm-hmm. trusting that God would accomplish what he was said. And then he was he was seen, he was <laughs> demonstrated before men to be justified by his works, how he obeyed God, right? And so that's so it's a so yes, was Abraham uh, justified by works or by faith? Yes, he was both. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it depends on the the audience and, and what we're attempting right. to accomplish. So if if you get things like this, where where th- this one's a great example, you have it seems like two complete opposite, uh, contradictory Bible verses. But reading in context, especially if you read just James two in context, and you read it slowly and figure it out and work it out and try and figure out what the argument is, why it's being argued, and who is it arguing to, um, it, it, you clearly see, um, especially James, d- declaring two different versions of faith, a, a, a dead faith, which is not an actual faith, but he's comparing, comparing people who say, I have faith, and their life shows nothing, and those who carry out faith and uh, uh, carry out good works as a result of their faith. And so they do things like um, uh, don't waver when, when, when facing trials and being thankful for it. They take care of the orphans and the widows. And so you, you see um, uh, application of that type of faith within the scope of uh, the letter that James uh, provides. So Lyle calls this the bifurcation fallacy. We can also call it the uh, the uh, false dilemma mm-hmm. where either A or B is the case, which <laughs> is it? And well, in this case, it's both. Mm-hmm. It's both. Both are the case. Yes, Abraham was justified by both of these things, yeah. but the audience and the perspective is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. All right, the next one that we want to take a look at here, uh, 146. So uh, is uh, here's the question: Who <coughs> sent the Holy Ghost? Right? Who sent the Holy Spirit into the world? Uh, G- Jesus did so, according to John fifteen twenty six, but God the Father did so, according to John fourteen twenty six. So now we mm-hmm. have within two chapters, uh, the critic is suggesting two different sources for with regard to who um, sent the Holy Spirit. You know, and so again, we have the either God did it, or you know, Jesus Jesus did it, right? (laughs) So we have this bifurcation Mm -hmm. fallacy again, or the uh, you know the false dilemma we might say Mm -hmm. with regard to this, and so you know the 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 answer it can't be both. Well, why right? Right. How can it be both? Right? Well, yes, it can be both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the real question is why can't it be both? Yeah. Exactly. That 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 that's what. Again, you you want to ask you, it, yes, you always should be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have, but at the same time, you don't always have to make it easy for people, <laughs> because you want them to actively engage you in a conversation where you're presenting uh, your faith clearly and also trying to uh, provide a gospel message alongside to not convince people, but to um, to. Uh, be, be a good witness and and to hopefully sh- share the truth of of saving faith with other people. So to just 
continuously answer questions left and right. And there's times and place for it. We see people like Ravi Zacharias who do a really good job with that. Mm -hmm. But when you're engaging with just kind of a one-on-one conversation, um, you can help use questions like, well, why can't it be both to take control a little bit more? And so you're not always on the defensive and you're having a dialogue where then you can bring in things like, well, according to your worldview, why can't it be both? Or why does it have to be one or the other? Or is is there such thing as a true answer that could come from this? Well, if I'm a postmodernist and I say, no, there's no truthful answer that can come from it. Well, then you could say, um, is that true? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, 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 the clearest and best example of, yeah. of uh, postmodernism. So, so, so the, the, this one, actually, it helps when we read the, the passages mm-hmm. because they indicate, just by virtue of reading the passages, I think it's clear that it is both. So you want to want to help us out yeah. with those with regards uh, to the passages? John fifteen twenty six is the one that he gives. Uh, but when the Helper comes, Helper is uh, the Holy Spirit, when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, obviously this is Jesus speaking, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And then John fourteen twenty six. but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things, all that I have said to you. Yeah, so clearly Jesus points out in chapter 15 that uh, uh, he's going to send the helper from the Father, mm-hmm. right? So it's both. Jesus is sending the helper from the Father. So where is the, where is the helper, the Holy Spirit, coming from? Or how is the Holy Spirit being sent? From uh, Jesus is sending him from the Father. Right, so there. That's that's. I think that's that's both of them. Mm-hmm. In uh, in chapter fourteen, the Helper, whom the Father will send in my name. Mm-hmm. So here now, the Father, who Jesus is sending the Helper through, is sending the Helper in Jesus' name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance yeah. all that I have said to you. Yeah, the, Jesus plays a big role in the sending of the Spirit yeah. because he goes through the trial, the temptation. The, um, the scourging, the crucifixion, the resurrection. Yeah. And because of his acceptance as being the substitute and lived the perfect life, he is able to have the Spirit come and, and, and be that, that helper, that, uh, that companion that comes alongside every single believer who, who comes to saving faith. Um, By the way, we should say that uh, just because we get the indication here that uh, Jesus is somehow doing this or the Father is somehow forcing or causing the Spirit to do this doesn't mean a lack of equality. Oh, right. right. uh, You know, so the Spirit can be submissive to the Father and Son and still be equal to the Son in the same way that the Son can be submissive to the Father and still be equal Mm -hmm. to the Father. They're equal in essence. They have the same uh, traits and characteristics, uh, you know, that are of God. And yet they have different roles which allow them to to do different things. Mm -hmm. And so the son can be submissive and come into the world and die for the sins. The father didn't do that. The father sent the son to Mm -hmm. do that, right? The Holy Spirit can come into the world and, you know, indwell believers and empower us to accomplish the things that God wants us to do. That's part of the role of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that one or the other is subordinate to one to the others, yeah. right? It means that they have different roles. And, you know, in our day and age, it's 
I think oftentimes difficult for, for people <laughs> to accept that. Like, right. Just because people have different roles doesn't mean that there's a one is subordinate to the other. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can be equal. You can have equality and just have different roles. Yeah. Yeah. So the the type of person that you might be encountering this question with are tend to be from two extremes. You might have someone who may be a Muslim who doesn't believe in the deity of Christ and so uh, views views this as a a, um, a clear indication that uh, the Holy Spirit or um, even Jesus is subordinate in in a, a purely true subordinate weaker position uh, that that is being sent out but then you have Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses who on the opposite end believe that they're completely distinct they're separate gods or even for Jehovah's Witnesses the spirit is this kind of ethereal force, force that yeah. uh, you know is uh, George Lucasy type flows through people and you have midichlorians that uh, affect how much Holy Spirit you get or, or something along those lines. Um, so depend, understanding this and also things like the deity of Christ, the deity of the Holy Spirit um, is important depending on who your audience is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. The next one is 147. Yeah. Oh, man. Go into Job. Job uh, is always good to, to read if you're dealing with struggles or temptation because uh, you ain't you ain't Job. So, <laughs> so, so who brought evil on Job? Was it Satan or was it God? Job 2, 7, which says, So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the soles of his foot to the crown of his head. There. <laughs> so clearly Satan is yeah. the one who uh, brought evil. Or is it God, which 42.11 talks about? 42.11 says, Then came to him all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before and ate bread with him in his house. And they showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a gold ring. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, this is the, the bifurcation mm-hmm. fallacy. Who did it, either God or Satan? Well, you know, again, why can't it be both? <laughs> right? Yeah. God uses means, uh, Lyle tells mm-hmm. us, to accomplish his will, right? He even uses Satan to accomplish it, what he wants to, to do. Yeah. Yep. And, and again, this is something that people will struggle with because to, to say that God, God brings about evil is incorrect it's it's not that he's the author of evil but he is able in his sovereignty to use um to use evil to uh, accomplish his will his good will and to accomplish good in our lives and to give and to bring him glory all things work together to him uh, that love god for his glory and, and for uh, our good, yeah. And and uh, A. W. Pink says about uh, about Satan that Satan isn't a a for, force opposing against uh, against God. There's there's no uh, 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 epic battle of rock'em sock'em robots where you have God on one side and the devil on yeah, the other. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 uh, my analogy. That's not mm-hmm. A. W. Pink. A. <laughs> w. Pink says that the devil is God's devil. So God is able to. Uh, suppress the devil in in wanting to carry out even more and worse, and even says that about mankind mm-hmm. that he suppresses the the terrible nature of man 
that war. We, that we might do because yeah. we might be mm-hmm. more evil and accomplish yeah. greater evil than we already yeah. do. Right? In fact, I, uh, uh, end times history uh, tends to tell us that even without the devil present, we 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 get into our own um, our own badness. So yeah. it's not that the the devil is the sole force that drives all evil, uh, but here. Um, God uses uh, Satan, uh, uh, allows him to uh, bring evil on uh, Job. And so who is it that, that uh, is, is the allowance of it? Well, yes, Satan is the one who brings it upon, so he allows yeah, Job to go through it. Yeah. But it is God who, who allows it through his sovereignty. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and to, say, to say otherwise... Um, Makes God out of, gives the control yeah. to somebody, to something else. To something else, or e- evil has no purpose. Yeah. So to, to say that uh, there, are, there are actions which either God doesn't know, so that's more of like an open theism, yeah. or he reacts to. Yeah. Uh, or that he can't do anything about, yeah. which is then impugns his, uh, um, uh, you know, his omnipotence. Yeah. Um, so we, we have to be clear in our understanding of the characteristics of God when we talk about things like this as well. And so uh, here's a, a great example of where we can come to an understanding of the sovereignty of God, the omniscience of God, the omnipotence of God, um, and, and, and make sure that we have a correct understanding of who our God is. So God can use other beings, other things to accomplish his means. Mm-hmm. And, and Lyle points out, you know, for instance, uh, who wrote the Bible? Who wrote the scriptures? Did God or man? Well, yes, mm-hmm. both, right? Yeah. God used men to, to, to accomplish his means. Or, right? or, or the best example, was the crucifixion of the, the sinless man, Christ, a terrible thing? Yes. It was the only time in human history where a truly innocent person was judged incorrectly. Right. But it is through the crucifixion and the resurrection that we are able to have life. So God used a terrible, horrible thing that transpired that he foreordained even before the beginning of the world to bring about his will and for our benefit. Yeah. For, yeah. for, for the only the sole reason for his glory. Yeah. So can God use evil, the crucifixion? Clearly the for biggest good, one. For our good, yeah. for his glory? Yes, he can. Mm-hmm. Right? Can he cause that in terms of using instruments and allowing people to act that way yes he can but uh it's still he uses it for good Mm -hmm. yeah good all right number 151 this is the last one that we want to cover here with regard to these uh issues uh about causality who raised jesus from the dead jesus said that he would do this himself in john 2 but acts 2 and four and followings and Galatians and others say that God raised Jesus from the dead. <laughs> so did Jesus raise himself from the dead or did God raise Jesus from the dead? Right? Yeah. Because you can't have both. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again, once again, bifurcation fallacy. Yeah. Um, God raised Jesus from the dead and that's, that's clear in uh, Acts 2. God raised him up losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Uh, but at the same time, it is also true that uh, not not just 
Jesus was involved, but all members of the Trinity mm. were involved mm. in, mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's, that's, that's really important. Uh, John 2, 19 through 21, Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Um, and that's, uh, that's uh, a pretty important so statement. So Acts 2 says God did it. Jesus says he was going to do it mm-hmm. right. Even the Holy Spirit in First uh, Peter 3.18 and Romans uh, 8.11 is given credit for raising Jesus. Mm-hmm. He was raised by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So all of the members of the Trinity were involved in this. Which is, if, if the, this speaks well against, uh, for the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Because wouldn't you expect the complete Godhead to be, the instrumental force in raising Jesus from the dead, especially living the perfect life, which he was able to accomplish because of who he is, by the power of the Spirit, for God's glory. I yeah, mean, yeah. everything that we've we've seen in, in Scripture is is this great symmetry of an, an equal sharing of of certain qualities where um, where the Godhead is instrumental. Like even even in building the church is go out and, and and baptize and make disciples in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and and from the the start of Christ's ministry at his baptism uh, to the formation of the church is always done under the understanding of the Trinity um, being in existence and and being in in different roles, but being in complete agreement uh, within the Godhead. Yeah, good. So one of the things that we learned in this chapter uh, from a critical thinking uh, perspective and from a, uh, you know, from a uh, talking and, and having a discussion perspective with folks who are claiming these types of, of uh, contradictions is um, whenever you're given an option, either A or B is the case, always the first thing you could say, well, are are those are my only options, right? That's the first thing you should say. Are those is that the only options, mm-hmm. right? That's the first thing you should think about, because clearly in Scripture we see that where there's various options are, are are given, but when we ask, are those the only options? Uh, the answer over and over and over again is no, mm-hmm. right? That the, um, and and with regard to these questions, it's both both are the case so either a or b is the case well what about c right mm-hmm. or what about both right maybe even what about neither right but at least you know we, we're not trapped in a false dilemma mm-hmm. right but there are times where it is only one for you have i am the way the truth and the life and yeah. no one comes to the father except through me yeah it doesn't then go on to say oh but buddha is also another way. yeah yeah so yeah. which one is it <laughs> that one would be a good contradiction because again that's saying a or not a right. example yeah. that is what a true contradiction is yeah, to say exactly. that it is something and then it is the opposite of that something yeah good all right well we'll we'll uh this chapter it pretty much uh, will end this one here yeah. and we want to thank all of you for being part of our discussion yeah right. uh next chapter is the differences in the details which i almost want to think that well i almost wanted to put the devils in the details but maybe that's inappropriate for for this chapter um so uh we'll come back uh next week and we'll uh hit uh, up a few of those so thanks for joining us yeah thank you